Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Thanks for joining us on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, we're going to talk about heartburn. Have you had some recently? Well, we have someone who's going to give you some suggestions on how to keep it away and not give up everything that you really like. We're also going to have Nikki Stone join us, and she is going to be talking with Dr. Linnell Buchanan. Holidays can be tough for many, and Nikki talks with Dr. Buchanan about how we can help. Mike Toludo with PennDOT is here. Of course, we need safe travel suggestions, but we're going to start off meeting Michelle Kennedy. She is the founder and CEO of Peanut. It's the first social network to connect women through all stages of motherhood. How did you come about becoming the founder and CEO of such an app? Um, I used to build dating apps, actually, and I I worked in the dating industry. Um, I became a new mother and wasn't dating um, in my personal life um, and really didn't have any girlfriends who were going through the same thing as me. My girlfriends hadn't yet had children. It felt quite lonely and isolating. um, And I really wanted to find a community um, and and a way to connect with other women. Um, And it didn't really exist at least not in the form that I was used to seeing. And so I built it myself. You are absolutely right. And a little bit ahead of your time, because now it sounds (laughs) exactly like everybody dealing with COVID. Exactly that. I mean, never did I anticipate that when we created Peanut, it would resonate so uh, deeply three years on. Uh, You know, we're going through an unprecedented time where women in particular are feeling the pressures of, Um, what's going on, but also loneliness and isolation and not being able to connect. Being able to connect with other women who are going through exactly the same thing as you, sitting in, laughing about something, sharing something that's happened to you, venting about something, all of this is really important. It gives validity to women's feelings and emotions, and it also supports their mental well-being. You know, no one 
was meant to do motherhood alone. And so if we can create a community and help women feel like they're not doing it alone, the least we can do in this environment we find ourselves in. It's always a scary time when you're a mom or a mom-to-be, whether you've had one child or whether you've had more than one child. There's always concerns. Tell us about Bump Buddies. So what we could see is that women who were pregnant during this pandemic are really going through something that none of us anticipated or could have anticipated. And we can't legislate for it because this is brand new territory. Women who are going for prenatal appointments on their own, women who are going for scans on their own, not being able to go with their partner or their loved one, and really feeling very isolated about it. Um, So being able to connect women who have a similar due date so that they know that they can connect with women very easily and know that everything that they're going through, there is another woman, a group of women, um, kind of at the end of the app who can say, yep, I've done that today, or I feel the same, um, ask questions and really support one another. You know, they say it takes a village. It's not, we don't live in our village um, in the way that we used to. And, and right now we can't access our community. So being able to do this online um, and via the app has been just the most amazing thing. We've seen women helping each other when one goes into birth. We've seen women kind of supporting each other on their nursery, sharing their lists of stuff that they need to get. Whatever it is, just, just being able to feel the excitement of pregnancy as well as share the anxiety um, is really important. And, and many women felt robbed of that. Um, so we're really happy we could give that back. And Peanut is more than just that. That's right. You can join video chats. You can um, join other topics and conversations. It's not limited to women who are um, pregnant. If there's any other stage of motherhood, um, even if you're just thinking about conception, you can join Peanut and join a community of, of vibrant women who are talking, sharing, listening, learning. Um, and it's something I'm so proud of. There just isn't a space for women, which is safe um, and connects them in the way that we do. And it's an honor, actually, for us to be able to do it. You also included IVF and adoption, because those are two topics that sometimes no one wants to discuss with you. It's such a difficult um, taboo, and there is no reason for this to be taboo. There are so many roads to motherhood, and we have to be able for women to acknowledge that, talk about it, and again, find solidarity and support from women who are going through the same thing as them. There is no shame in it. You know, one in four women um, will suffer a miscarriage. One in five women will experience some kind of challenge in um, conception. And so being able to help women find that connectivity is so important. Every woman's journey to motherhood is legitimate. And we just wanted to acknowledge that and make sure women felt heard and felt seen. How can they find the app, Michelle? You can find a peanut on the App Store or on Google Play Store. And you also have a website. We do. It's peanut-app.io or you can follow us on Instagram at peanut. Going through your, uh, your website and is that your little peanut? That's my little peanut. <laughs> How old is he? Well, Finn is now seven, but I have another little peanut. She's 18 months, Nula. That is wonderful. Well, anybody, whether you are or are not, or maybe you're a partner who'd like to be able to get some good information. That's right. Again, 
there's more than one route to motherhood and we must acknowledge that and we have to support one another through it. Michelle, thank you very much. You have a wonderful holiday with all your peanuts. Thank you so much and to you. Thanks again, Michelle Kennedy, founder and CEO of Peanut, the first social network to connect women throughout all stages of motherhood. Now we're going to welcome Mike Toludo from PennDOT. Mike, of course, has some very good and timely suggestions for traveling safely and also looks ahead to what they have coming up in January. Mike, it is that time of the year, and of course, the folks at PennDOT are going to be out in force doing whatever they need to do in order to keep the roads passable for anyone who has to get to where they're going. But you're also involved in what effort to keep everyone safe? Well, Operation Safe Holidays started on Friday, December 18th and runs through January 1st, 2021. And the purpose of that campaign is to make sure people drive safe on the road to not drink and drive. We are starting our holiday campaign, Operation Safe Holiday, and um, local and state police will be out there in full force tracking uh, any DUI drivers out there and trying to keep the public safe. Drive sober or get pulled over. That's, that's one of the, uh, the, the uh, tagline uh, for the season, the 2020 holiday season, drive sober or get pulled over. Who knows whether people will be doing a lot of traveling, some traveling, but I think whatever they're going to be doing out there, there are some common sense things. We might uh, make sure that we uh, we take with us when we go. Um, you know, drive slowly, do not text and drive. Uh, and especially do not drink and drive if you're at a holiday, visiting someone for the holidays and not drink and drive. And also uh, put your child in a, uh, in a child safety seat if you're driving with children. The child safety seat uh, is important too also. That's one. And if you're also uh, purchasing um, uh, gift descriptions of a bicycle, make sure you purchase a helmet because children under 12 are required to wear a helmet. So you want to add that extra Christmas gift of a bike helmet. You mentioned the um, car safety seat checks, and you just wrapped up one that was virtual. Do you have any of those planned for the upcoming new year? Well, you can always call our, our, our technicians, and, and they could um, go online with you. And hopefully in the new year, we'll be able to do them in person. Uh, your local state police or PennDOT could set up a, an appointment for you to look at your car seat check. And when we're also talking about being out on the roads, we've had our taste of winter. Well, I, as far as I check, there may be something on Christmas Eve. It may be rain. It may be snow. But we'll be, we're always 24-7 ready to go anytime. And what else do we have coming up in the new year that you can tell us about? Well, we have a couple of things. We have Winter Awareness Driving Week in the first week of January. So we'll be able to talk about how to, um, you know, driving in the winter. We also have Law Awareness uh, Week in January where we'll be talking about specific laws and trying to educate the public on laws they may not have forgot you know, that, that exists. I just want to say something about New Year's Eve. If you're going out New Year's Eve, uh, follow all the guidelines, the COVID-19 guidelines, and be safe and do not drink and drive. Mike, anything else? On behalf of PennDOT and our safety partners, we'd like to wish everybody a happy holiday, New Year's, and hope 2021 will be a better year. Always a pleasure to have Mike Toludo on board, special edition. Coming up next... Intercom's Nikki Stone is going to talk with Dr. Linnell Buchanan. Dr. Buchanan is going to explain how holidays can be tough for many and what we can do in order to help. Don't go away. More on Special Edition next. 
Next on Special Edition, Intercom's Nikki Stone talks with Dr. Linnell Buchanan about getting through the holidays for everyone. I have Dr. Linnell Buchanan. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Can you give your credentials to our listeners this morning? I have a doctor in psychology, and I have worked in the mental health care um, area for the last 20 years, primarily with a young adult population. What I've noticed this year, even worse than any, we have this whole pandemic isolation going on. Well, how professionals have known for a long time that um, the holidays bring with it a lot of stress. In fact, research has shown that for people who have regular mental health issues, um, most of them say the holidays make it much worse. But even those who normally don't contend with a lot of issues with depression and anxiety often find that increasing during the holiday season. There's a lot of different reasons for that. For some people, it's related to um, loneliness, people they would like to connect to and can't, maybe because of loss. Maybe they have died and gone before them. Um, and sometimes it's because of isolation. Sometimes it's busyness. But we also have a big pressure to perform in the holidays that I think um, puts an outsized um, anxiety in people's lives. Like they really want to uh, keep up with comparisons they might see on social media. Um, they want to they have the best Christmas ever and they want to do all of the things. And sometimes that creates a pressure. And how do you put that into perspective for people? Um, well, I think uh, the way that we choose to view um, the kinds of pressures that we have in our life in regards to comparison is a critical part of whether or not we adopt joy. There's a common phrase that you might see that says comparison is the thief of joy. One of the things we have to let go of is comparison, both from outside of ourselves, from images of what other people are doing or keeping up with the Joneses. And we also have to let go of some of the comparison to what we might have been able to do in the past um, because that will rob us of the joy that we could have in the moment and that's a critical part now this year COVID complicates the dickens out of this because COVID has um, kind of forced some separations that aren't necessarily natural separations and it means we have to be a lot more creative this year about reaching out to those who may or may not have good ways to actually physically connect with other people. Do you have any ideas, any um, suggestions of how uh, people have been doing this or anything that you've seen? Well, one of the fun things about um, what we've discovered this year with COVID is that technology really can create some opportunities for us to connect in new and exciting ways that we might not have known about before. So I, I love it when people have the opportunity to at least video chat. I think when we, when we start peeling away layers of communication, it makes our communication worse. It makes us feel farther apart. So if we cannot just hear them on the phone, but we can actually see them on the screen, then that can make people's presence all the more. So um, families have been connecting over different video chat formats and allowing the grandkids to share time with their grandparents or to connect with other fam family and friends who might be otherwise shut in. Um, there's, there are opportunities that we can have to find some safe, socially distanced connections. And I think if we're wise, then we don't have to be so separate that we end up hurting each other in that isolation, in that loneliness and making that even worse. You just got to kind of be strategic about those who are at higher risk and come and reach to, you know, them safely where we don't have to compromise their health. Right, exactly. Now, what am I looking for in somebody? If a friend is struggling, what, can, what should I be looking for and what can I do to actually help them? 
I think identifying it is sometimes tough because when we're struggling the most, we tend to be the most private. So those who are hurting often uh, aren't, aren't really open about how they're feeling. And, and we have to kind of de- decode some clues they might put out there. So we watch for things like um, changes in the way that they interact with with other people or with their world. We watch for um, them withdrawing from things that they would usually very much enjoy. Um, and we all should be checking in on each other. We can't just wait for, for hurting people to tell us that they're struggling. We have to instead um, go to them and ask them about how they're doing. Check in on your friend and, and make sure everybody is is able to contend with the challenges of this year. Like don't be so busy. In, in the yeah. holiday season that you're so wrapped up that you didn't notice that your friend hasn't called you in a couple of days or right. that you haven't heard from them in a while or they haven't yep. posted on Facebook even. Or they, they've skipped out on things that they would normally do. Um, they've, you know, missed a lot more work than they usually do. Or there's a variety of different kinds. Of, we tend to just withdraw when we're really struggling. And it's in that moment of isolation that people are most vulnerable. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, but then what do we do? How do we, how do we bring them up? Because sometimes, you ever try to bring somebody up? And I'm sure yep. you have this. My job. That's your job, right? And then you'll you'll make suggestions to them. No, no, that won't work. No, can't do that. No, no, I tried that once. What do you do with that? How do you handle? Well, they can describe something that is that is challenging. That sometimes um, when you are most struggling with depression is when you feel like you have the least ability to change it. So that hopelessness that can set in is one of the first barriers to overcome. And and getting them to the point where they feel like that there is something that can be done or there is hope that this could get better is, is a big obstacle. And I think we do that through helping them find um, moments of joy. I think sometimes that requires a little bit of shift in focus. Um, I think about uh, when, when you're a little kid and you have a splinter, the only thing that you can think about is that splinter. It hurts and it hurts and that's yeah. like your whole world is, is consumed with that, with that hurt. And it's hard to think about anything else. Um, so we have to help people to be able to um, see past the hurt of their moment, to see a future, to see a hope, to see something outside of that moment. And that might be volunteering. Um, that might be something that they do for others. It's, it's amazing that shot of neurotransmitters that encourages us do, do, don't so you we think can sometimes make it different. That you have to be the one to go pick them up and have them volunteer with you. Otherwise, they're never going to get off their couch and go volunteer. And that's because they're that's a possibility. Like There are people who really have to have somebody else sort of grab their elbow and steer them into something that they might not want to do at that time, but it would be good for them. It would be healthy for them. And obviously sometimes it's just getting out of the house and maybe it's going and sharing a cup of, of coffee, you know, six feet apart, um, whatever it takes to, With mask to on. <laughs> get into a routine. Because part of the important thing is um, getting into a routine is an important antidepressant. Um, there was a notable speech that a guy gave at graduation a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name. And he said, the most important thing that you can do is get up in the morning and make your bed. Well, there's there's a few important things that you can do. Get up in the morning and make your bed, but also get ready for your day. Um, don't just put on your comfy PJs. Put, put on clothes and prepare for your day so that you have that kind of expectation that today is going to be 
something important. And then make that next right choice. And that next might, right choice might be just that next steps. What can I do that will be a positive thing today that will make a difference? I think as we build meaning into our lives and in our actions, then we find joy. So what is important? What gives you a purpose? And a lot of people have struggled, I think, to find their purpose, especially as we've been locked down. But there are a lot of creative things that we can do to help people find where they make a difference. What I think is really cool, or one of the the good things that has happened out of the pandemic is I'm one of those people that um, are... I always think of the next thing I can do, the next, you know, I refocus myself constantly, Um, is that people have unleashed talents, I I believe, that they didn't know they had before. They had time to paint something, to do something. But when you make these suggestions to some people, they, I can't do that. I have no, I had a friend tell me they had no talent, none at all. I'm like, yeah, you do. You know, you, you can come up with with talent. I've told people to, you know, write things down, too. Like, if you, you know, things are bothering you, start writing, like, that prayer to God. You know, start with what you have to be thankful for. And don't tell me you have nothing to be thankful for. Because look outside. Look at the beauty that nature just provides for you every day to take in and look at. And start from there, and you'll be amazed at what comes from your mind. Are those good suggestions, or I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert, so I should just keep my mouth shut? No, those are great suggestions. And and you point to a couple really important variables. One of them is, uh, first of all, nature is, is a critical part. Um, there's a ton of, of literature on how walking within nature can help us get recentered and really can be one of those natural treatments for depression. It's cold. And in the... In the northeastern Pennsylvania, we have to deal with the cold part. But we also have we have to have to recognize that the darkness that we contend with is something that makes it harder during this season. So any time that you can get out and get a little bit of sunshine is really really good for us. So the nature thing is good, but you know I think it's funny this this quarantine time. This could be called the year of the sourdough. I mean, everybody was all of a sudden making sourdough bread, and people were doing all these creative projects. I think there is within the human spirit. Um, this drive towards creativity. Am I the only one who got busier? Can... Am I the only one who actually got busier during during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> because I found stuff to I just. Okay, I'll start making shirts now, and I'll do this. I'll do that. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> that must be yeah, a sickness I'm too. Spend though. This holiday doing more baking than I usually do, um, because a lot of the other activities that we usually would have been contending with are not we're not able to do so my kids and i are going to do some more stuff inside the house and and that's okay too but we need to find outlets and my family is definitely one of them and that that for me that centers me when i'm discouraged um it is something that can really uplift me and then and then i love the fact that i get to build into them a desire to serve others as well and i hope that that's something that will continue to center their life as they build purpose and meaning in each of us is a gift that we can give to others and if we think we have nothing to give then there are others who are missing out on that Mm -hmm. so what we really need is an opportunity for us to express what has been built into us this this opportunity that we have to take who we are and bless others really is something that will bring us joy i always tell everybody your story might not be the ideal story that you would have laid out but your story is your story and it has beauty to it and one thing about your story is is meant to share because you did your story is important everybody has a story and that story is 
very important. Don't let it drag you down. Own who you are and do it with a smile and say, yeah, I was there, but now I am here. And this is how and, I can and help Nikki, you. You've described the tenets of what we refer to as narrative therapy, um, that, that when we think about our journeys um, and recognize that it is part of a bigger journey, it's part of a bigger story, then we can recognize that even though we might not like this chapter, we might not like how this chapter ends, there's another chapter still to be written. Mm-hmm. And we have some choices we can make about how that chapter is going to be written. When we look back across um, the moments of our life, sometimes we find that those darkest moments were the moments that changed us and grew us and stretched us mm-hmm. and prepared us for what came next. Mm-hmm. So that is, a, that is, by the way, that's a critical part of contending with some of the loss that people experience during the holidays. They look back on rosier times and they miss those times, but they look back on times that were so difficult you, and they don't know you spend how so much they time, can ever enjoy it again. You spend so much time dwelling, though, on the past and what was or what wasn't or isn't that you miss the beauty of the present. And I would and I would add to that not just the beauty of the present, but the hope for the future. Yes. I think we desperately need a a perspective that says, um, no matter what has been, there can be good ahead. And I can take steps that will work towards that good. I can make a difference. I can steer the direction of my life in a in a different direction than what has it has been. Doctor Buchanan, we saw you Doctor Fauci talking to Elmo on CNN telling the kids that he vaccinated Santa Claus. If Santa Claus is like this magical, mythical figure, all right, I mean, this is where I get confused. Well, Nikki, I have to say, um, I I understand. I think that adults who are involved in this were really trying to allay some fears in kids. And I, I definitely support that motivation to say, we don't want kids to live in fear. Um, I, I guess I, I didn't know that that was a pressing concern for children, um, that right. it motivated that big of a thing. Um, but I think that I appreciate the motivation behind it, even if maybe I would have executed it a little bit differently or it might have been a, a different energy I would have placed to it. I, what I really want to affirm is that, that parents need to recognize kids internalize sometimes more fears than we expect them to do. And in fact, um, Generation Z, which is our kind of teenagers and a little bit below that, they're sometimes being referred to as the anxious generation. That we already recognize that pre-COVID, we had rising levels of anxiety. In fact, if you mark the last three generations, anxiety levels are rising in each one. And I think some of that is the busyness of modern life. Some of that, I think, is the hyper information that we have. Um, Our generations have access to more bad news than we ever did before. And we can find out everything terrible that's happening everywhere in the world. And I think that is kind of increasing fears by generation. Mm -hmm. So we do want to like really be in tune to where our kids are at and what their concerns are so that we can give them good information and allay those concerns. So I I do appreciate the motivations, even if that might not have been my approach. I think there's a lot of sometimes pressures that we adults actually end up doing for our purposes that aren't necessarily helpful in developmentally for where our young people are at. And, and I really encourage, I encourage parents to kind of on, on a case by case basis, you got to check in with your kids' hearts. And especially because just because their heart was in a good place last month doesn't mean it is this month. Um, And just because a sibling is contending with something well, doesn't mean that every child is. So we've got to, we've got to kind of get to what is it in their concerns? What is it that's weighing them down? 
and help them to be able to find an outlook on life that gives them a sense of control because it's that lack of perceived control that that puts us in a place where we increase anxiety. And, and you've you got to keep your eyes open for some of that stuff, like you said, because sometimes it's after the fact that you don't realize. What about those who are unemployed, who found themselves unemployed um, and don't know where they're going? And I know that, you know, the government keeps promising money, but they don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. What, what is there to how can we help? You know, I think the word that we've heard most this whole year is uncertainty. In these uncertain times, uh, every commercial seemed to start with that for a while. I have a list and of things like I, I don't want to hear next year at all, uncertain or um, what is it, unprecedented? Right. <laughs> well, mm. for, for those who have been in these difficult positions this year, this is not just a pressure. This is months and months and months of pressure. And for those who are never sure whether or not their industry is going to be shut down and suddenly all of a sudden they don't have all of the income they thought they were going to have, the cumulative pressure is is it's terrible. So it is really important that we as a broader community don't wait for the government to solve this problem. We have to care more than the government does. We have to say the people around us are our responsibility too. And in the process, I think what we'll find is that we'll be blessed as well. So if every single one of us, instead of worrying about um, just what we're lacking, we look to those who are lacking more around us, then we're going to both deal with our our loneliness and our lack of purpose and we're also going to be a blessing to others who have needs as well. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage, um, there's, there are great opportunities for us to give back for those to those around us and there, there are people that we need to care about and we need to catch. We need to say, huh, I'm worried about that neighbor. Don't they work in the restaurant industry? I wonder how they're going to handle things and, and then we, that, that bag of groceries could make all the difference in the world. Right, exactly. I, I love that. Thank you. Um, here's some some things I came across that said uh, how to, let's see, four ways to improve your mental health in this unprecedented COVID Christmas season. <laughs> <laughs> unprecedented. I never, ever want to hear that word again. Anyway, um, one is breathe. Is that, is that a standard thing that all, all you um, psychology majors just say? Just breathe. Well, it is in part because of how our body works. So our autonomic nervous system, which is our fight, flight, or freeze, um, it, it kicks in. And when we're all agitated with that, the way to turn off the autonomic nervous system is actually through deep respiration. So if we take 10 deep breaths, it will like slow deep all the way into the abdomen. That actually shuts down all of that physiological activation, all that tension that our body has built up within that nervous system. So, so the just breathe thing is not a platitude. It's actually treatment. And it works if you do it right. Oh, and there are great apps out there. Um, you can download a little app and it'll show you a little graphic that helps you breathe slowly and deeply and can help oh. a lot. It's, that's great for kids. I'm going to download that one for myself and the kids. Yes. How about, okay, here's something that people always turn to around the holiday season and, and, and for whatever reason, oh, I'm just having a good time. But some people are running and hiding for something when they do this. Alcohol. Limit alcohol. And it's hard to tell yep, somebody in depression to limit that. It's hard when somebody's in that stage to tell them, they, hey, limit it. Right? Yep. And because alcohol is a uh, uh, depressant, then when people are using it as a coping mechanism, they might not realize it's, it may be exacerbating their problem, especially in larger quantities. So you got to 
kind of be very um, careful about how much alcohol you consume, especially when you're already discouraged to start with, because it's not, it's not going to help. It might be a momentary escape, but in the process, it's going to lower your system even more. It said women should aim for one drink or less a day and men two drinks or less a day. Somehow that's unfair. Wait, I don't drink. So <laughs> that's according to this, this story that I'm reading. So one drink, one drink for women, two drinks for men. Remember that when you're going out this holiday. And people are laughing right now at me. I know they are for saying that. So one thing less, the holidays can be dominated by expectations that we have of ourselves and all the things that we need to get done. What is your one thing less? What is that one aspect of your life that you could not do even for just a little while? And I might add, um, sometimes people have a hard time thinking about something that they would cut out of their life. But instead, if they would just take that energy and say, here's the one thing I'm going to choose. I'm not going to choose everything. I'm not going to try to do everything. I'm not going to be perfect about everything. But this is what I want to do well. And focus on that energy, and then they can win in that spot. That might be a, a way to target their energy better. Okay, thank you for that. Um, and pande- how about the pandemic silver lining? All right. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought tremendous tragedy with over 1.5 million deaths worldwide and many more affected by loss of loved ones and caregiving. The scale of the loss can be overwhelming during the holiday. It will be even more important to find moments to appreciate new experiences. So as you experience them, can you notice and appreciate an intimate family moment that you have had this year because you didn't travel to a large family gathering? So that's more of that's one of those focus on the positives forget about the negatives type of things? Yep, and I I tell you, I would encourage, there's a place for um, memorializing those kind of good moments to to stop and really focus on them. Write them on a piece of paper and throw them in a jar. Great things from this year. And with all of the losses, there have been some great things. And I promise they've been in there. Sometimes we have to look for them, but they're there. And then to make a jar that is maybe a hope for the future. This isn't the way I want it to be right now, but here's what I hope is going to happen next. I just and if we'll okay. we'll get in that kind of forward thinking place, then it's going to help us to transition to whatever comes next in 2021. This is sort of the opposite of what some people are doing for their New Year celebrations. They're doing bonfires and throw in something from 2020 because we all know it was a bad year. So just throw something in, burn it, get rid of it. So this is that this is the jar it up and save it because there is hope for the this is there is hope for the new year, uh, and, and then putting things into perspective, and I, I just read this, uh, Linnell, and it makes sense. You know, military families are used to spending holidays apart, so you can do it too. Everybody thinks that oh my god, this has only happened to me. It's only me, nobody else. But think about. The people who do it year after year, military families. If you want to bring it close to home, you know, you know, where you tell our kids, eat everything that's on your plate because there's people in um, Ethiopia starving to death. This is there's there's people who are we're out fighting for this country that spent many holidays separated from their family. You think you can like suck it up for one year? And I think that we can put into context that um, it may it may not be everything that we want, um, but. There are a lot of people who are struggling in bigger ways. And also, our situation could be worse. For many of us, um, we might have to stay separate, but 
we're all hanging in there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of disasters that could have hit our country that would be much more devastating than this. So we hold on to hope that we're going to get over this bump and we're going to get through this. We're gonna, our, our medical professionals have just been amazing. And I would rather spend the time being grateful for the, the huge efforts that have been put into sustaining our country in the middle of this than to emphasize everything that we think should have been different or, or what what should have been wrong. And you can tell that there's a little bit of a, I have a positive bent to things. I'm an optimist by nature and there's a lot of realists, I mean pessimists, I mean you'd rather call yourself realists out there who roll your eyes with that. I got it. <laughs> but I think that if we can stop and just appreciate um, the fact that there have been so many who have made this year easier and we can help to be that for somebody else. Yes, Definitely. All right, we, we lost our own individual lives, not of our family. This is from a, a text message. We lost our own individual lives, not of our family, families to a monster, the government. It controls and interferes in all aspects of life. It has become the god of the masses. Well, and that's a hard thing. I, I don't want us to get to the place where we think the answer to our solutions lies in, in some behemoth government structure because the government structure can never take care of individuals. That has to be our job. And if we think we're going to leave it to, to them to do it, we're asking them to do something that is impossible in the kind of structures that we have in the U.S. So I, I want us to take that role back and not expect the government to be what what saves us. Instead, we have to say, I care for the people next to me, and I will do what it takes to help them um, to have the life that, that, they, that they deserve because, uh, because of what God made. That's a good explanation. And there is, no, oh, that's one more. Okay, then we're going to wrap things up. Okay. I was just thinking, I'm reading down through the text messages and thinking, um, again, we're approaching another holiday where we will probably, some people will be getting around the table uh, with their family. Political differences. And you know, political differences, there's like, it's either my way or the highway on both sides. What do you do? Well, you know, there's three words that I try to center a lot of my life in, and they didn't come from me, and they came from another man, and, and it was a very tight context that he gave these three words, but I, I kind of adopted them into my approach for life. The first one is compassion, because we um, seldom understand the depths of somebody else's hurt. So if I come to people with a sense of compassion, um, then I'm going to um, respond more appropriately to them. The second one is respect. Everyone is is deserving of a respectful response from me, whether I agree with them or not. And then the third one is truth. So if I can if I can give them compassion and respect, then we can talk about the truth of our differences. If we don't start with compassion and respect, then our differences just become something that puts us at war with each other. And that, out of all of the things that have marked. 2020, I think that conflict is part of the division, is part of it. And then we've lost the compassion and respect so we cannot contend with truth. We, we need to rebuild that in. And so I, I would approach um, family members that disagree with, first of all, making sure that compassion and respect are in place. And then hopefully we can disagree in ways that are, are loving and kind and, and grace-filled. 
All right. I really appreciate you coming in or being on the phone. I wish you were in here because it's so much easier to do an interview and talk I'm to sure. each other when, our, uh, when, you, when you can see each other and smile, even though we have tons of barriers up. But it was the holiday season, and I know that you are so busy. I, ha- I really, I will let you know every time I'm on the air and say, hey, what can we talk about today? Because your insight is great, and I really appreciate it and respect um, the, the, your background and all that you do. Now, uh, doc, I, and I feel bad that I'm not calling you doctor, but you're so you, you, you make me feel so I at really ease. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. You're not one of those people who have to call me doctor. Nope. No, I'm a, I'm a doctor. Okay. No. <laughs> so, can I get an honorary doctorate? What do I have to do to become you? <laughs> I didn't get an honorary doctorate. I worked for mine. So. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that's what I, mean. I just want. I want the easy way out. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just want the easy way out. How many years of schooling? Oh, I don't even know if I could count them all up. It was a lot. And is, and My is, dissertation was quite a journey. Is it is it still ongoing? Do you do like every oh, day? Oh no, no, no. Um, well, once you once you fall in love with learning, then learning is something that you always do. And so I love to be able to. Um, learn stuff. I just don't have to do it for grades now, which is great. There you go. That's even better. That's even better. All right. And hopefully we'll talk in the new year. All right. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks again to Intercom's Nikki Stone and Dr. Linnell Buchanan for joining us today on Special Edition. Now, don't go away. There's still more holiday to come. And how about holiday heartburn? How to quench it next. Welcome back to Special Edition. Susan Wynn is a clinical pharmacist and associate professor of pharmacy practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences College of Pharmacy. Get-togethers and, of course, food and maybe even some alcohol. All of those can do strange things to your system. And Susan is here to tell us what we can do in order to avoid heartburn and It's not all about giving up everything that we really want to have. Heartburn. I know it well. Oh, my. Not good. And now the holidays are coming up. What do we do? You're not alone. More than one in four adults experience heartburn symptoms at least once a week. And this year, as we're celebrating holidays, um, it looks a little bit different, maybe smaller celebrations. But we know that the role that food plays as part of those festivities is going to remain unchanged. And during this time, we overindulge in the traditional holiday foods, the secret family recipes and sweets, often combined with alcohol, which can be a recipe for heartburn. Yeah, let's start right off with that, because that seems to be what does it for a lot of people when they mix in the alcohol and especially Um, around holiday time when maybe you're off the next day so you don't have to go to bed so early. What about having things, whether it's alcohol or whether it's food, into the late evening hours right before you go to sleep? Sure. So having um, alcohol and then different types of foods. So sometimes people have symptoms when they have spicy foods or acidic foods or really rich foods, and everyone's a little bit different. So it's important to know what your food triggers are. And then after having those meals and those beverages, maybe laying down to watch a holiday movie or going to bed without um, time between the meals and alcohol, that can definitely aggravate your symptoms. And when we talk about symptoms, what are some symptoms? Because it seems like heartburn, indigestion, they all kind of sound the same, but are they really? Sure. So heartburn, also known as acid reflux, is that really uncomfortable or painful burning feeling in your chest or throat. 
that typically starts after a meal and can last for a few minutes or even up to many hours. And some patients will also have that hot, sour, acidic, fluid feeling in the back of their throat, maybe even a cough that lasts for a while or sore throat, or their voice sounds more hoarse. So those are common symptoms of heartburn. And when something like that happens, um, should you be concerned right away? Because again, it's sounding an awful lot like heartburn is having symptoms of other things, maybe even a heart attack. Sure, it's really important to make that distinction. If this symptom is due to heartburn and more related to the meals and beverages that you're consuming, or is it something more serious? Because oftentimes, heart issues can feel like heartburn. So it's important to seek that medical care that's urgent when you have chest discomfort that you suspect to be heart-related. So oftentimes if it's heart-related, you are going to experience chest pain, shortness of breath, maybe pain in your arm, neck, or jaw. So if you're seeing a combination of those things, it's definitely important to seek urgent medical care. Now, for those that have those heartburn symptoms, like you mentioned, you definitely want to treat them right away. Um, and definitely using over-the-counter medications can be an appropriate option. And that the choice of medication that you pick um, really depends upon the frequency of the heartburn that you do have. So with so many medications over the counter that are out there, how do you know which way to even turn? Sure. So I think that anytime you have a question about medications and you want more information, definitely talking to your pharmacist. But I can go over some of the common over-the-counter medications that we recommend. So one of the medications that we recommend for more of an occasional heartburn would be an antacid like Tums or Rolaids or H2 blockers, also known as Tepsid or Famotidine. For those that have that frequent heartburn, meaning that they have symptoms two or more times per week, we definitely recommend over-the-counter proton pump inhibitors. The names of those medications, brand names are um, Prevacid 24-hour, Nexium 24-hour, but they're also known by their store generic names as Omeprazole or Pantoprazole. It's a lot in the mouthful, so making sure you ask your pharmacist if you have additional questions on what options to pick for you. And sometimes before they were only available by getting them for a prescription through your doctor. So those that uh, you mentioned that used to be prescription, are they something that would be a last resort? And so the medications, um, so the medications you're referring to are the -the over-the-counter proton pump inhibitors initially started as prescription medications, but realizing that the FDA, realizing that they are safe and effective, also decided to put them over the counter. But what's a distinction I do want to make is that if you do take them for over the counter, they're only to be taken once daily and for no more than 14 days. So if you do have an indication where your doctor has diagnosed you with a more serious um, gastrointestinal issue where you would need a prescription proton pump inhibitor, they are the same medication active ingredient. It's just that if you get a prescription, typically you're going to take a higher dose than what's available over the counter as well as the duration of time that you take it will be longer than what's available over the counter. And a lot of times people might not even go to the doctor. They may just go to the pharmacy. Sometimes they may not even go up and talk to their pharmacist. Are there drugs that you may already be taking for other ailments that would not be good to take with certain over-the-counter heartburn symptom drugs? Sure. So when it comes to medications like antacids, those can bind to a lot of medications. If you're taking, for example, some antibiotics or taking medications that affect your thyroid, like levothyroxine, or if you're taking those over-the-counter proton pump inhibitors, 
if you're taking a medication that thins your blood, specifically known as Plavix or Clopidogrel, those can lead to drug-drug interaction. So I think anytime you start a new medication, it doesn't hurt to go talk to your pharmacist, making sure everything is um, okay to take with your existing medications to help avoid any kind of side effects that might, might occur. I'm trying to ask you all these ways around it, Susan, but I'm just not <laughs> going to ever get there. So what is probably the best way to prevent heartburn like that over the holidays? I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so I know we have to be realistic. It's easy to say avoid these foods, right? But that's not realistic. We all and we all, all overindulge in the holidays with our friends and family. So I think it's more important that whenever there is an option of a sweet table, for example, picking one of those options, having maybe a half piece or a smaller portion, seeing how you react to that. And then if you want that additional portion, going back a couple hours later. So it's really about ma managing your portions as well as kind of spreading out those types of foods that can trigger your heartburn symptoms. And then even so, even if you want to take a walk with your family member, um, catch up with them, go outside, get some exercise, that's also going to help reduce your symptoms. All right. Anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Sure. So if you, have, if you want more information about treatments for heartburn symptoms, visit the Digestive Health section of knowyourotcs.org. This site serves as an over-the-counter information resource to help you understand how to use, store, and dispose of your medication safely. Thanks again to Susan Wynn, clinical pharmacist and associate professor of pharmacy practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences College of Pharmacy for joining us today on Special Edition with some good heartburn avoidance tips, especially that one about eating late at night gets me every time. And just to reiterate one of the points that Susan mentioned, if you are having heartburn symptoms and they are changing, maybe lasting longer or becoming more severe than they had in the past, you may want to get in touch with your doctor or even get to the local emergency department because it could be something more serious. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.